Tonight I will just do introduction. But the introduction that I'm going to do will also give you, especially those of you who are hard flyers in God, it will set you on the hill for operations and running. This week, is the, today is the fifth day uh, of this week. Uh, and this convention, the light of the world, the men's fellowship of Christ faith tabernacle. In that scripture that you read, Matthew 5, 14 to 16, which is the premise of our name, out of that uh, verse, we look into ten things spoken by Christ in that verse on the first day. Then I went further to talk about Jesus being the source of the light. And we found that in the book of John 1, 1 to 5. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, but darkness cannot overcome overcome it or understand it or has not understood it. Now from that scripture we recognize that the Bible says in Christ was life and the life was the light. So we recognize that light came from the life that came from Christ. Yes? Another thing we recognize in this scripture is for anybody who is born again you are the light and if you shine your light the world cannot comprehend it. The power of darkness cannot comprehend it. Either you look at power of darkness as a metaphor or you look at you know, the world as just ordinarily. Light cannot be understood by darkness and no darkness have the power or capacity to overcome light. And this now has become a premise of our argument for the rest of the week. Because if the Bible says dark, the light shines in darkness and darkness cannot comprehend it, where is all these teachings from? That Christians believe that some demons somewhere are the one that hinders them. From the evidence of the scriptures, excuse me, from the evidence of the scripture, darkness cannot understand light. And what you cannot understand, you cannot overcome. Which means from the evidence of the scripture, those teachings are totally wrong. Anybody who is a child of God is a light. He is the light of the world. And when a child of God shines the light, darkness cannot comprehend him. There have been a lot of um, uh, prescriptions in the churches across the globe regards the solution to aforesaid that somebody, you know, some demons in their house or some devils in their family are the one who hinder him and who are disturbing him and all stuff. And we have a lot of human solutions given to people. But we recognize a fact here that the only thing that can make darkness and light to be the same is when the light itself is darkness. But if the light is light, it's impossible for it to be overcome by darkness. So therefore, if any believer is being trodden down by people, from the evidence of Matthew 5, we recognize that that deliverer has not been shining his light. It, of course, the Bible says, you will be put under. But if a Christian shines his light, it is impossible for him not to be, you know, appreciated and be understood and also be, be in his place. Having known this, we went into talking about the book of John 9, 1-5. Jesus Christ was confronted with the story of a man who was born blind. And um, the disciples said, who sinned? Is it this child or the parents? And Jesus said, neither. And when we look at this, what took us to this is, we recognize that Jesus said in verse 5, when I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So if Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world, now, and then he says in, the, in chapter 5 of Matthew, you are the light. I found out here that Jesus handed over the, the, the mantle to us. Because Jesus has left the world right now. He said, while I'm in the world, I am the light. He says, but I, when I'm gone, you are the light. So, he transferred the mantle to us. 
But to understand that word light therefore more, we have to understand the premise from where Jesus spoke this word. It was on an occasion where a blind was brought to him. And we recognize that what Jesus is saying here is, I am able to heal this blind because I'm the light. I give the light. I give sight. Now, if Jesus gives sight because he is the light, then you and I can give sight also operating the same miracle. Because we are not less light than Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus qualified the statement when he said, I am the light of the world. He says, as long as I am in this world. Okay? Now, we know now that Jesus is no more here. But you and I are. And if Jesus spoke about being light by healing the blind, then if you are now the light, you have the capacity to do the same thing. Now let me help you understand this. Some of you may be talking about gift and stuff like that. Put that aside. I'm talking about verbatim what Jesus said. You and I cannot begin to question ourselves that, but why are many Christian, Christians not able to do this? We found out that it is the mind of Christ. That the mind of Christ is different from the mind of man. We did explore the major differences between the mind of Christ and man, beginning from the scripture. People saw a blind. They were looking for someone to blame. That is human mind. Any Christian who operates in such mind can never operate the power divine that is in them. Because the power of God is not in casting blame on anybody. Is in solving the problem anybody has. But you see, a human mind always wants to look for someone to blame. And here they were looking for someone to blame, and Jesus said to them, forget about that. The reason why this situation arises is because God wants to glorify himself. I remember a lecture that I did among you when I taught you about God is fighting for you. That is in the book of Exodus chapter 14. Uh, when you read the whole history of Israel from chapter 1 of Exodus and you get to 14, after God led them to leave, to escape from, from Pharaoh, you remember when they got to, 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 to uh, the Red Sea? You have seen the front, you have high mountains at the sides, and you have Pharaoh chasing them. And God said to Moses, I will tell Pharaoh to chase you, to pursue you, so that I may gain glory. We recognize it also from that story that Israel was confused. And God made a distinction between a people of God and other people of God. While some of them were confused who are like the typical of the church and complaining against their leader. Why did you bring us to us far? You have brought us to our, de to our death. We will have been left in, in, in uh, Israel and in Egypt, you know, at least to be a slave. There was a man called Moses who was not confused. The distinction between Moses and the people is what we are looking at today. Faith in the Lord Jesus. That is faith in the name of Jesus. And because Moses was not afraid, go check that message. Moses said to them, the Egyptian you see today, you shall see no more. Not because God told him, but because he has faith in the God of Israel. That God cannot lead us thus far and leave us. After Moses spoke, the pillar of cloud and fire left before Israel and stood between Israel and Egypt. So that the Egyptians could not move closer. All night, after Moses made the declaration of faith, then God spoke. This is what we are looking at today. God said to Moses, jump into the river, advance, stretch your staff. And you will see what I God will do. And we saw the miracle of parting the Red Sea. Same thing here. What we are looking at therefore is this. Having Jesus operated this way, distincting between human mind and, and the mind of, of Christ, we went very much detail into the mind of Christ. And then we ended up yesterday talking about operating the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when I finished the message of yesterday... I said a statement that is quite interesting, especially in this present age of Christianity, that your fasting does not give you power. Fasting does not come 
And power of God does not come because somebody spent 40 days fasting. And I showed you, Acts 1.8, Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He didn't say you will receive power after you have fasted. Someone said Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And you recognize that when Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he only went to seek the face of God. That is, Son, communion with the Father. He didn't go to pray for power because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Alright? And you will never read in the Bible where any of the disciples prayed for power. Or where in the Old Testament somebody prayed for power. Uh, fast, I mean, somebody fasted for power. Not prayer. But fasted for power. Because the issue of fasting has been misunderstood by many Christians. Christians always think if they lock themselves up for three days and hold God ransom and fast and pray for power, then they come up with power. To the extent that some people today are telling their members to fast for 60 days, for 100 days, I mean that is outrageous. We recognize that all the time that the power of God was manifest, there was no mention of fasting. But the power of God came upon man and he manifested power. That the Holy Spirit came upon man and the man manifested power. Have we said that? Isaiah 58 verse 1 to verse 14. Tells us about what we fast for. Why do we fast? I need to clarify this before I go into telling you about faith, operating in faith. If you look at that Isaiah 58, again, Isaiah chapter 58, verse 1. It says, Shout it aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sin. Verse 2 says, For day after day you seek me out. No, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. If they were a nation that does what is right, And has not forsaken the command of its God. They ask me for just decision and seem eager for God to come near. Verse 3 says, Why have you fasted, they say? Why have we fasted, they say? And you have not seen it. This scripture, if that's all we have in the Bible, it tells you that not every fasting is seen by God. We agree? Come on now. Because the people are saying, we fasted, 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 nothing happened. And God is saying to them that you are asking me the question, why do we fast and I don't see it? Why is our fasting, you know, why does our fasting not have any effect? And it says, why have we fasted and you don't see it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed it? God did not notice it. And God said, yet on the day of your fasting, you do what you please and exploit all your workers. That is mindset. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strive and in striving each and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today. And expect your voice to be heard on high. That is, you know, what God is showing here is this. It is not your hunger strike that will attract God. But repentant heart. A truthful person. And the problem with Christianity is that many Christians believe they fast. They get what they want. But their lifestyle, which they had been involved in, which is ungodly, continues. So if a person has not repented and been transformed in the renewal of his mind, and that person is free with all attitudes that God says a child of God should not be engaged in, and that person fasted for 40 days, he will die and go to hell. That's what the Bible is helping you to understand. God is not interested in hunger strike. 
He's interested in an obedient child. A, a light that shines in darkness. A Christian that makes distinction among the people in the world. Someone who is not like the people in the world. Someone that the world is attracted to him because he's unique in God. And anywhere he is, people always come to him because they see that there is something about God in this one. From primary school to secondary school to university to uh, adulthood. So God said that your fasting is useless before me. Anytime I teach this lecture, my heart always goes for Nigeria. Because this is the only nation under heaven that people have been so abused with fasting. And so molested with fasting. People have been given, total, they have been totally misled. That many people will even weep with hunger. Trying, going to the mountain, spending days in hunger. But their life is not right with God. So, for them, they only went to just for hunger strike. So, we say, but why didn't God reveal to them? They didn't see God. These are people who believe that they can get anything they want from God by fasting. God is saying here that, I'm not moved by that. God is not moved by that. And that's the reason why the state of Nigeria has gone from bad to worse. As the people increase in their fasting of days, the country went down like a roller coaster. That tells you God is not answering that fasting. Something is wrong with the mindset of the people. Some fast also to compete. You see a church publish that they are fasting. I don't understand. How can a church, you want to seek your God, you are publishing it. That is an evidence that they are not doing it for God. They are doing it for, for self. They want other people to say that we are fasting. And Jesus calls such fasting hypocrites. That's why they never get results. If you fast and seek God, you can't hear God, you can't see, you cannot see changes, then something is wrong. It's not the, this kind of fast, fasting I have chosen to lose the chains of injustice. That does not mean that you should not fast. But he's saying when you are fasting, you should do that. And you should live that kind of life and then you fast. Untie the cause of yoke, of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke. It is, is it not to share food with the hungry to, and to provide the poor wandering wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, now, let me help you understand this. Some people have also said in the church of God that what God means is that you don't have to fast. This is what you do. That's a lie too from the devil. What God is saying is that for you to fast, this is primary. Godliness first before fasting. That's what God is saying. You see, Satan is so deceitful. He makes some Christians believe that you don't need to fast. And they, they are limited. Okay, because relationship... With God, I told you, you will see how what fasting really means here. We need to clear this for you to understand faith. Then your light will what? Break forth like the dawn, verse 8. And your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go forth before you. And the glory of the Lord will what? Be your real God. Then you will, be, you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you, do, if you do away with the yoke of oppression and the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the need of the oppressed, then your light will rise in darkness and your light will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will, uh, he will satisfy your needs in sun-scorched land, and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruin. The church will rebuild the nation. Come on now. <laughs> it says you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwelling. If you look at this, because I want to move away from this, if you look at this, I insist to use Nigeria as an example because it's a great country of people, of great believers, but also a great country of erroneous teaching. 
The people of the church are supposed to repair the nation, but they loot their nation. They fast for 100 days, but they are looters. Christians in politics, Christians in authority. Instead of them to, to draw a line, they join in the loot. So which means the fasting is just a waste of life and time. Look at the book of Joel. Oh, my father. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Joel. Two, verse 12. It says, Even now declares the Lord, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. So God commands us to fast. But if you look at this, it's helping us to understand why should we fast? Is returning relationship to return to God. You know, let me say this to you. Fasting, therefore, is used as a cleanser. Sometimes you'll find yourself that you have done so many things, gone astray and stuff like that, and your fellowship with God has gone to the drain. You, only, you, are, you are only a Christian when you come to church. You can't pray alone. You have no, no personal life with God. It's only when you come to the meeting of uh, people, that's when you pray. Home, no prayer. Reading of the Bible, you can't do it. All those stuff is gone. Then you need to fast to seek the face of God back for relationship. Return to God. Return to God. The drawing table. If you find yourself that you have been engulfed in everything that the Bible says you shouldn't do, backbiting and all stuff like that, evil thoughts, and when others are having a revelation, you are always having nightmare because your mind is filthy. Then you can fast for cleansing. What about if there's nothing like that? You can still fast. Just seek the face of God. He said, rend your heart, not your garment. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate. It's not to anger and abounding in love. And He relents from sending calamity. And He went further to talk about when you fast, you ask God for mercy. When you fast, you ask God for forgiveness. When you fast, you ask God for restoration, but not power, because the power is in you. Now, the faith of Christ. What has this to do with faith? In the book of Mark 9, 9 when, Jesus was, when Jesus healed the boy with epilepsy, and they came to ask Jesus Christ, that who's, you know, how could you do this that we couldn't do? Jesus went forward to tell them that this kind cannot go except by fasting and prayer. Somebody asked me this question very recently. Why did Jesus say this kind cannot go out except by fasting and prayer? Does Jesus mean that we need to go and fast for us to have the power to cast the demon out? No. Because Jesus cannot contradict himself. He already said in the book of Mark 16, 17, These signs will follow all who believe. In my name they will cast out devils. So if Jesus said that, certainly the fasting and prayer mentioned in that scripture He's not talking about fasting and prayer to acquire power. But he's talking about fasting and prayer to seek God. Now, this is what happened. A person who fasts and prays regularly, not fasting every day, because fasting, if you fast every day, you just die. And that's so simple. Hallelujah. And if you decide that you want to go and lock up yourself for 40 days without food and water, certainly you must make sure you buy your coffin before you go. Yes, yes, yes. Before you go. Because everyone in the Bible that went for 40 days, God sent them. Okay? God told Moses, meet me on the mountain. He didn't tell him how long. Moses was in the presence of God until 40 days was over. And when God is standing and you are there, you can't feel hungry. All your humanity is dead. Really, your age come to a stop when you are in the presence of God. You can't count age anymore. When you leave the presence of God, the whole of your organs are revitalized. So he was in the presence of God. Look at um, the book of, uh, when you get to go check that. First Kings 17, the man just showed up called Elijah. Elijah confronted the bad prophet and said, There shall be no deal rain and stuff. And then after I called all the bad prophet together and then commanded fire from heaven. Did you read that he fasted before that time? No. 
He spoke and those things happened. He said, the God that answers by fire, let him be the God. But if you look at the book of James 5, it tells us that Elijah was a man like God. He prayed earnestly. So what the key of Elijah is earnest prayer, regular prayer and consistent prayer with God, fellowship with God. There is a space, there is a level of, or you get to in fellowship with God, and that level commands some authority. Authority is different from power. Go and check the English, English meaning of authority and power. They are two different things. Let me give you a simple example. A judge has authority, but he does not have the power. The police have the power, but he does not have authority. So the police can arrest you by power of arrest, but he cannot put you to jail. If a judge did not sentence you, police cannot put you to jail. A judge has power, he can say that you are condemned to jail. He cannot take you from the court and go and put you in prison. It is the one who has the power to do so, which is the, the, the jailer, who will now take you into prison. So there is a distinction between power and authority. Are we together now? So, power comes by the Holy Spirit. But the authority of believers vary from relationship. So, Elijah built up relationship with God to the extent of confidence in God. I, I say this is going to be. God will back it up. And he said it, and then he went to God and said, I have said something. And God said, don't worry, you go to the brook and be fed. It was after all the miraculous that he now ran for his life. He fell down and he said, God, take my life. And God said, no, you are not going to die. He sent an angel. angel woke him up and said, Elijah, eat. An angel gave him food. First time. He slept again. He wanted death. Angel woke him up and said, eat the second time because the journey is far. And the Bible says he went in the strength of this for 40 days. Who gave you your own strength for 40 days? For Jesus Christ, the Bible says that after he was baptized, they said the Holy Spirit, he was driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. What is driving your own 40 days? Or your 100 days of prayer? Pastor, general overseer and bishops are the ones driving you. That is not of God. That is why they never get results. And we see these people because they were unctioned from on high. When Jesus went through our 40 days in the wilderness, the Bible says, he was not hungry. But when the 40 days was over, he said, and now he became hungry. He wasn't hungry throughout the period. So therefore, understand this. Fasting is for relationship with God. And, and of course, pray, regular praying. And that, is, that commands your, your boldness in God to make declaration. Now, let us look at the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. I have 10 more minutes. It says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. We're talking about operating the faith of Christ. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who what? Earnestly seek him. Yes? Earnestly seek God. I love the scriptures. It is the cradle of all knowledge. The word earnest means with sincere and intense conviction. Seriously. That is earnestly. I told you before when I was teaching you on faith that earnestly it means to be systematic and consistent. I pray to God every 12 midnight. It's my meeting time with God. And it never changes. And I continue on that. I will seek God at these hours. And those hours, come with me. Come record with sunshine. You will have your meeting with God. But your intention is not power, but that I may know you, Lord. That I may please you, Lord. That I may understand this strength called God. That I may walk in your status. Give me strength. A man who does that 
In spending time with God, will little, little will he know that he is becoming like him. It is going out from the presence of God that commands the word you speak. Because when you spend quality time with the maker and you are becoming like him, if you spend quality time with a man, you speak like him. Isn't it? Oh yeah, many people speak like me in CFT. There is a pastor who came to me, one of my pastors in London here. He said, that, Daddy, Daddy, I went to, to uh, Liberia and there was, uh, you know, we were going to do, have a meeting and rain was coming. I remember how you commanded rain and rain stopped. And so I said, you that rain, I command you to stop in the name of Jesus. And he said, the rain stopped. He said, I said, wow, it works. It works. Hallelujah. So, if you stay under the teaching of a minister, you will begin to speak like that minister the more you hear that minister. Same thing with God. Same thing with God. The more you spend before him, that is with him in consistency, the more of him you become. Not just in authority, but in behavior. It's your behavior first that changes. Then authority will come. The Bible helps us to understand here that when you talk about a man of faith, you talk about a man who honestly seeks God. It's not just a man of, of faith, but a man who honestly seeks God. That is the faith that the Bible is talking about. Now, when you get home, I want to look into a few case studies. And when next I come to your midst, we'll look at them. One is the, the case studies of Moses. Exodus 14, 10 to 16. Write that down. Then the second one is the widow with a vase of oil. 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. This is faith demonstrated by ordinary men. And then death in the port. 2 Kings 4, 38 to 41. Then Elisha fed 100 people with little food. That is the abundant provision. 2 Kings 4, 42 to 44. Then the healing of Haman the leper. leper. 2 Kings 1, 2 Kings um, um, uh, 5, 1 to 27. Then the axe head floated. That is Archimedes' principle reversed. 2 Kings 6, 1 to 5. Or 1 to 6, sorry. Then the blind Arameans trapped. Second Kings six seventeen to eighteen. And the last of that is farming in Samaria, abundant provision, supernatural provision. Second Kings six twenty four to chapter seven twenty. If you look at this scripture, I've taken just the life of Moses and I went straight through the life of Elisha. And if you look at the life of Elisha, Elijah fasted 40 days and 40 nights. You will never see one reference in the Bible when Elisha did fast, a long fast. But Elisha did so many miracles that Jesus did. He commanded, he spoke into a little vase of oil of the widow and the vase of oil filled barrels. Supernatural provision. Faith. He just said, take that little vase you have, borrow barrels. Pour. In his mind, the barrels are filled. In the mind of the woman, it is empty. The woman borrowed within the limit of her imagination. And when the barrels was filled, she recognized that she should have borrowed more. She said, uh, where are the other barrels? And they said, no more. 
and the oil stopped. But that little oil obeyed the instruction of Elisha. Fill the barrels with your little oil. And it was so. They came to Elijah and said that, Master, Master, we have just eaten poison. He said, give me flour. And they gave him flour. In his mind, I will pour the flour in the poison. They will eat the same food and they shall be healed. And he poured the flour in the poison food. And the poison food became a medicine to heal the poison that he caused. I mean, I'm talking about faith in the Lord. The mind of those who are pretty in faith is very different. And the dead poor became a live poor. What about feeding of the hundred? They brought little food. And he said, okay, share for, with all of them. He said, but this is too small. He said, give it to them. And they gave to them and they had remnants. What about the leper? A general from Syria came to him and said, that, look, you know, they said, you know, I'm, I'm leprous, but I'm a highly ranked person in, in the army. And Elijah looked at him and said, go to that dirty water and dip seven times. You see, some people may be thinking that it is, is it God who spoke to him? No, he spoke to God. He spoke to God. Deep several times. And when the man dipped few times, the man said that, are there no better waters in springs in Syria than to come and dip in this dirty water? This man said, you better dip. Because your leprosy and dirty water, we don't know which one is better. And when the man dipped the sixth time, nothing happened. He was still leprous. But when he went in the seventh time, he came out and leprosy was no more. I mean, men who spoke faith in Christ. All right? The same thing with the axe head. Say, Master, Master, we borrowed the axe and the head of the pickaxe, which is metal, fell off the, the, the storm and went into the deep, deep waters. I know what the lights said. Where is it? Where did he dip into? They said that place. And he said, Give me that stick there. Elisha knew the laws of flotation. That solid object will go down the water. And he took a light object that floats. And he threw it into where the mass object went down to reverse the law of flotation. In his mind, you, this small stick, when I throw you in, you will take the place of the axe, and axe, you will take the place of the small stick. Now, these guys did not speak because God told them. They spoke because they are friends of God, and they believe what they say must happen. It must happen. They don't have opportunity to doubt God. You, 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 don't, you, don't, you, can't, you can't have such opportunity. What about when enemies surrounded them? Like I'm robbers around a Christian's home with AK-47 and all stuff like that. This man was not afraid. You know, when you read that story, what comes to my mind is this. What, what gave confidence to Elisha? His relationship with God. Alright? The servant was, you know, started panicking. We are dead. We are finished. He said, why? He said, look at the Arameans. They have surrounded us. He said, Lord, open his eyes. Because he, Elisha, does not need his eyes to be opened. Because he knows the angel of the Lord and can't run those who fear the Lord. And the Lord opened the eyes of the man. He saw chariots of fire positioned around the enemies. That is the practical thing that happens any time that the enemy physically attacks a Christian. Angels are standing behind those enemies waiting for your instruction. But fear has terrified and killed and paralyzed believers. Because we walk by sight instead of walking by faith. Because you see, relationship is porous. Very poor. Let me help you understand this. When we talk about this during the month of July, we'll go deeper and deeper and deeper. Those things that I spoke to you in the Bible, I can testify in my personal life. In my personal life. I mean, those of you who have been with me understand the, the irrationality of my ministry. I was in Nigeria preaching in a village. The first day I preached, by, 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 they started late in the crusade. By uh, 8 o'clock, they came to give me paper that I should quickly finish my sermon because the, the road is dangerous. And I, I, I ignored it. I ministered till 11 anyway. And people were healed and God did so many manifestations. Do you know what happened? 
when they came to me, they said that, but these people, the, you know, the road is very dangerous. And I told them that I'm sorry for you guys. Don't you understand? If I'm presiding over a meeting, the one who appeared unto me, his angels is with everybody who come to my meeting. Woe to the man who will lead them. They will see what they have never seen in record. I passed it up and said, yes, sir. He said at the first day he did not understand what I was saying. And then we, are li- we were living in another city. And for us to reach that city, the shortest distance is a death trap. It's through a bush path. And in that bush path is a narrow road. And on that narrow road, by the police station, they built homes. Is it homes you call them? These road barriers. Homes. Bombs. Speed homes. Yeah, I got it. So, don't worry. They build so that when your car gets to that area, you must slow down and go through those ridges. Yes? And at that very spot, armed robbers will lay people. The police know it. At that time, the police station is emptied. Okay? Because it's night. The police could not face those robbers. And so that, those robbers just stayed there. And anybody who comes in at that hour, they start collecting, looting and stuff. And they told me that that place I'm going through, I intend to pass through, is so dangerous. You know what I told them? Where should we pass through? They said the expressway will take me a longer time to get home. I said, okay, that expressway, have they robbed there before? They said yes. But it's, they don't rob regularly like the shortcut. I want to understand the mind of a person who seeks God. So I said to them, that, so if I decide to go through your normal way, how will I be guaranteed that that is not the day and the hour they will be robbing there? Then I will deny my God of his protection. Take me into where the thieves pass. I really want to see them. May God bring them along my path so that they will hear the gospel. And I told the driver, because when people drive through those bushes, they run, race, you know. I told the driver, calm down, just take me gradually. We passed through that place throughout. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. We got to Shagamu. Somebody called the, my protege and said that that crusade you want to do cannot take place. She's a witch and she said, you know, I'm a witch. I'm a senior witch. There will be rain in that place and rain will not stop throughout this week and nothing will hold. And my protege took us to the ground has the text with him, but he never told us. And when we got to the ground, we sat down, and as we sat down, rain started pouring. And it was blowing the cold wind, and it went a little drizzly. I just told them, get me into the place, man. They come into the pulpit. I put my Bible on the, on the, on the, on the uh, podium, and rain, heavy downpour. I see how the Bible is today. In, in deep anger, I pointed, with flashing of lightning and thunder, pointed to the rain, I said, stop! And instantly, pump, everything stopped. Did I have a thought that it may not happen? No. It is impossible to think so. When you act in faith. I can give you many, 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 many more. Listen to me. Many, many more. What about, what about Cameroon? Two ministers, I was preaching. Another man came. He will, atta- he will antagonize everything I have said. First day, I was teaching people about the power of Jesus Christ and it's available to all of them that God will heal the sick here and also. He came and said that no, healing doesn't take place like that. You know, miracles have gone. Yes, he's a missionary, he calls himself. First day, second day, and God began, and I asked God, that, look, what can I do to this man? God said, talk about your encounters. And when I mounted the podium on the second day, I began to talk. I saw, I know a man who was taken to heaven. Whether in this body or not in this body, I cannot know. I do not know. But I know a man who was taken to heaven who went to thought paradise. And I began to explain what paradise looked like. I began to explain what heaven looks like. And at the time I was speaking, the, my son, uh, Pastor, what is his name again now? Roger, uh, Jerome. He told me that the man was like a leaf that is paralyzed. And I said, today the Lord will heal you. And that day God did some outstanding miracles. That was the day God healed a woman who became a usher 
a woman who was, who was bound to die by the end of that week. You know? So, on the day I was going, there was rain. And I came into the podium, they introduced me, I preached first, then he would preach. And so, when I got to the podium, I commanded, I said, you rain, you're a messenger, I'm a messenger. I command you, heaven, seize in the name of Jesus. And the rain went from. And I said, okay, let us share the word of God. And the whole hall was raging with clapping. And the power of God hit the whole place because this is a heavy downpour. And you know, they were putting an umbrella on my head during the downpour. I said, take the umbrella away. Let the rain pour on me first. And we were soaked. When I commanded the rain and the rain ceased, that became the, the points that God used to bring many to the kingdom. And people were healed. People were saved. Brief teaching. Miracles happen all over the whole place. Somebody here that has been given time to die will live. Listen to me. The power of God is same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you know what happened? When I finished, and it was the man's turn, I said, Father, I thank you that rain will be. I said, rain, you cannot fall. And I took my Bible and I left. And as I said, Ray, you cannot fall. He's the next one. I went straight to them and Ray started flicking, flicking, flicking. When I got to them under their shade, the man was standing. I shook all of them hand. I shook his hand. And my son said, Daddy, the rain is falling. I said, tell evangelist, come back to stop the rain. He, he will, the God that he's preaching about, let him call upon him and let the rain stop. And when I entered the car that would bring me, that was heavy downpour. They call him under the downpour. By the time we reached the front, the gate of the stadium, he was soaked. He could not preach. Because he's one of those who write sermon. Hallelujah. And I can tell you many, many more. The first time Jesus appeared to me, I did not fast for one day, but I prayed for about 31 days. Regularly. Every hour of prayer. And the Lord took me to heaven the 27th day, the 21st day, and that was the time I saw Father Abraham. And I can tell you many miracles. I'll share that with you in the month of July. But I want to leave you with this tonight. If you are a very close confidant of somebody and a friend, intimate friend, do you think that person will not be, he will not answer for you when you have a need that he can supply? He surely will. He surely will. God surely will. I taught you for two months about spell. You know, all those things that people get engaged in, like biting, hating people, causing discord among brethren, and all those devices, using themselves an instrument in the hand of Satan to just make the life of another person terrible. Those things, when Christians get involved with it, you open door for, to many things. One of it is that you cannot even have confidence in your own word. And these are the things that paralyze faith. When you see physical situation that you need to speak into it, you cannot. Plus, you know, in speaking in faith, you also have operation, operating behind it. Word of knowledge, vision, discernment, insight. These things don't come by fasting. To see vision is not by fasting. It's relationship. Somebody who prays regularly and who prays with passion, God understands that he needs knowledge. He will give you vision. He knows you will soon come and talk to him. He knows you clear, you clean yourself of all this field. He knows you have, you have much interest in him. You don't want to offend him. You are not seeking God because you want to show somebody or because you want people to think that you have power. No, that's not it. You are seeking God for an intimate relationship. And you are very... It will make you submit to God completely. And God will give you visions. God will give you knowledge. God will give you discernment. And God will honor your word when you speak. It is relationship that brings faith of Christ into operation. Shall we just stand up together? I will pray with you. This is a significant day. It's significant because we have a few hours to go to the end of this month. Yes, yes, Lord. Uh,
The Lord told me to read this to you. When we look strictly on Christ himself, we will see, we go through this very well. In the book of John chapter 5, When Jesus healed the man in Bethesda, the people came to question the authority by which Jesus walks. In verse 19 of chapter 5, Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do all, only what he sees his father doing. Now, Jesus said, because whatever the father does, the son does also. Verse 20 says, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. So the reason why Jesus saw everything is because the Father loves him. Not because he fasted. Alright? And the Father loves him because he obeys the Father. His heart is to do the Father's work. That's why the Father loves the Son. And so the Father reveals all things to the Son because the Son loves the Father so much. And the way the Son can show that He loves is obedience. Obedience. Jesus did not allow peer pressure to change Him. Jesus did not allow His blood brothers to change Him when they did not believe in Him. He did not allow His own family members who said that, you know, the miracle you do all over, do it now in your village. He did not allow that to change Him. Jesus was Jesus, all right? He would rather change others to Jesus than to change into others. Come on now. This is the reason why the Father loves the Son. And this is the reason why the Son said to the blind, receive your sight. And he asked him. This is the reason why the Son said to the dead, rise up. And it was so. Therefore, before I pray with you, I want to ask the Lord, Father, anything inside me that can hinder me, O oh God, take them out of me. Pray for cleansing within you.